Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker and I are preparing for the NHL draft, the weirdest NHL draft ever. Some players have already started playing into their their next season. Uh, it's it's crazy. Uh, the draft is October sixth, twenty twenty, and the New York Rangers pick first overall, despite you know making it to basically the playoffs. Uh, we all know the the controversy around that whole deal, and uh, they'll of course take Alex Lafreniere if they do indeed end up making that pick. I don't know if there's any chance that they they trade it. I know there's some stuff out there about some pretty intense moves that they could do that uh, that that would be very interesting. I I, I want to hear your thoughts on that, Justin. You had mentioned to me before uh, maybe a trade of, with that first round pick with Ottawa. Yeah, with Ottawa. Yeah, I've heard. I mean, the Brady Kachuk. Yeah, I heard Kachuk and moving that number five pick at one point, um, or maybe even the number three. But I mean, ultimately, I think if you're you're Ottawa, right? Maybe you look elsewhere. And I think again for the Rangers, um, Brady Kachuk would be great. He'd be a fantastic fit. But I think right now, especially because <laughs> since they just brought out Lundqvist, they've got so much dead money tied up. You know, in yeah. all these buyouts, I think sixteen million dollars ish, something like that. Like at this point, you're just going to say no. At you know, maybe we're just going to pump the brakes because we we're spending too much money on this. We'll, you know, we'll take Lafreniere for a couple years at league minimum. You know, that yeah. cheap money, yeah. nine hundred, whatever thousand he's going to cost, or plus bonuses if he gets there. At, at max, I think it's like three and a half million, right? But it's not till the next year that you pick that right that up. Anyway. So you so can defer a little cost, yeah. and yeah. So again, I think the smart move is to just you know again. How often do you get a chance to to take a, a franchise type player? So you know. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I don't think that the Rangers trade it. It's very, very, very rare. The last time the first overall pick was traded, it, it was involving a New York based team. That was when the the Florida Panthers traded for Roberto Luongo and. All right. Right. Well, that was the first overall pick for uh, Di Pietro. Was that the first overall pick, or was that? Like yeah, Di Pietro was the number one, but I, th- yeah. I think maybe it was Mark Andre Fleury. No, no, they no. traded for was it not? No, it was Roberto Luongo. Oh, because the Islanders had Roberto Luongo. They dealt him to the Florida Panthers right. for that first overall pick. Okay, and they took Rick DiPietro. But no, I, I think Pittsburgh made a deal for that number one pick for Flurry. But oh, oh, yeah. oh, Pittsburgh also made it. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. But regardless, it's it's very rare. Doesn't very happen rare. very often, and and especially now, like it's happening less and less. Where yeah, scouting's getting better, you know, development's getting better, and so you're you're able to better identify these number one picks, and you're not just rolling the dice, and, you know, shooting in the dark and hoping yeah. that no one's going to turn off like Yakupov anymore. So, yeah, and I mean, it can always happen. Can yeah, it can absolutely. always happen, and and I I really think it's it's some of the reason why, you know, it's it is you don't see the the first overall pick often being somebody who is. Uh, not American or Canadian, <laughs> right? I think just because there's more of it, maybe more of that guarantee that they're gonna play, and you know they've been playing in the system. Although now, now in Europe, a lot of those leagues have gone to the small ice, so that that's helpful. But, anyways, uh, what moves are you are you thinking could happen at at the draft? I know we we've, we did three shows on all the goaltending potential moves. We know goaltenders are on the table. Uh, but specifically at this draft, anybody that you think they're trying to move up, maybe don't don't mind moving down and acquiring some extra assets. What what do you think? Yeah, I it wouldn't shock me if a team like, for instance, Anaheim, right, that number six overall pick, 
Um, they could be a team that maybe moves down. I know they wouldn't mind acquiring some assets. They're in the middle of a rebuild. Uh, you know, I could see them being a team that, you know, shuffles back a few spots. And and again, when we talked about goaltenders, right, there's a guy by the name of Eskarov who is supposed to be the top dog, the top goaltending prospect coming into this draft. And there's a lot of people saying that he's not going to go past number 13. So here's a, you know, a scenario where I think teams a little bit, you know, further down on the draft board, you know, maybe your Toronto's or somebody like that who could say, okay, we want to move up a few spots and grab this guy. So you could see some wheeling and dealing for a team like that to get up a few spots to snag this goaltender because to me, I think he's the real deal. But like most teams, the top of this draft is so heavy with good forwards and defensemen that maybe you're a little hesitant to take a goaltender because, again, goaltenders are the hardest position to judge when it comes to scouting. Yeah, 18 years old. Right, and especially that young. It's very rare you can go out and get a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury at 18 years old you know, carry Bryce. Yeah, yeah, pluck them and just put them in, and they just succeed right away. Normally, you need time to develop. And again, I think this again, this guy's the real deal to me. I think he's going to be a star goaltender's league, but is it going to be right away? I don't really know. I think maybe they, you know, you're going to be hesitant, but still, teams in the middle of that board are going to maybe look at this and say, "Hey, we've got an opportunity to move up a few spots. Let's go. Let's make a move and go get this guy." Yeah, I, I definitely. Th- I don't know if any team is going to intentionally move up the draft to get Askarov. I think they'll if he falls, I think some team will go, well, at this point we have to take him. You know, if if he falls to 22, so, you know, someone's going to take him. There there's going to be a team, you know, I don't I don't I don't know who it's going to be, but there's going to be a team that goes, "You know what? We don't we could use this guy." Yeah, I don't think there's New any Jersey, way he's getting New past Jersey number 13. New Jersey is one I think New Jersey is one that if he does start to fall, I mean, New Jersey's got seven, the seven, 18th, and 20th overall picks. And they are certainly a team that if a goaltender falls to them and he's sitting there at 18, you got to think that they're, they'll they'll bite because they have that extra pick at 20, because they've already picked at seven. Uh, they could even, you know, they could even shift themselves down and, and acquire even more. Who knows? But uh, honestly, I think, you know, again, I don't think personally he's getting past 13 with Carolina. I think they'll snag him up. Um, but it's if just, for it's some reason... Like the return on investment with a goaltender compared to, a, you know, compared to a center or a defenseman, I think it's just so... It's so hard to hit on a goalie. Sure, absolutely. And, it's, and the return on investment even, like, okay, let's say... Yeah, all right, let's say he ends up... He's, he's a good starting goalie. You still spent your first round pick on him, and what happens when there's guys below you that that got picked after Eskarov that are now, let's say, a number one center on the team? Yeah, a number one center is more valuable than a number one goaltender because you can there you can find other number one goaltenders. A number one goaltender in reality is a goalie who is about average, like in terms of save percentage, whereas a number one center is hard to come by, and you're you're willing to give up anything to acquire a number one center. And that's just where I'd be hesitant. If you think there's a number one center to be had, like like an Anton Lundell or a Hendrix Lepierre, then maybe you're more hesitant to take that goalie. But if you think, and eh, there's there's no one even close to this goalie, he's going to be the next carry price, then okay, you know, take that risk. But it could be your job. And that's the, <laughs> that's the hard part. And based on how goalies develop, he probably won't be in the NHL and because he's, you know, he's coming from overseas, probably won't play in the NHL for three, maybe four years. So if you're a GM, you're going, 
Well, like, most GMs don't even last that long. Four years, yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, a GM average probably six or seven years for a team if you're not winning. So, you, you know, you look at some of these some of these teams and you go, you know, is Carolina the team, the, the owner who is like, we want goals. We want more goals. Is he going to be cool with his team spending a first-round pick on a goalie? Yeah, I think, well... See, I, I totally agree with you. I think number one center is right. When teams find them and have them, they hold on. They don't trade them. It's rare. Uh, and goaltenders, just the opposite. I think, not that they're dealing them more, but I think they're more willing to deal them than they would be. They know number one center. So you're right. Uh, the question is, I guess, once you get to the middle of that draft, you know, um, you know, obviously there's there's some GMs where you know they have to win now, so they're more willing they're going to want to take a forward, right? They're going to want to take sure. a, a number one sure. center or, you know, winger that can score some goals for you, maybe plug in, you know, in a year or two versus a, a you know, a goaltender that might take three, four years, like you said, to develop and be ready. And so by then you might not even have a job. So, right. Yeah, exactly. That's the concern. Um, now, I mean, on the flip side too, when we look at deals, right, guys getting traded, um, there's always one deal that's just yeah. like, whoa, I can't believe that happened. I know, right? I, I love – I'm excited. I'm so excited for the draft because I think this is the year, especially with the flat cap, where a lot of teams are going to have to shuffle out a lot of money. And, and you're going to have to just trade player for player. Right. And I don't think necessarily that we – it might not be a situation where we see a lot of big names getting traded, but I do think we are going to see a lot of moves. Um, so <laughs> this could be could be quite a quite a draft. Now, I will say one name that I think that's probably going to get moved, and you know he just – shot up to number one on the trade bait board and TSN, I think that's OEL. I think Oliver Ekman Larson okay. is gonna get moved. I think right now they're they're talking. They they originally I think what it was um oh shoot I can't remember who it was that was on his list of teams and he just took them off. I think it was Edmonton. Are they yeah. just are they just trying to shed salary right now? Is that the Yeah whole? they are. They are they're they're number two in terms of most cap space spent. And they wanna they want to shred money at this point. You know, they've got, I don't know how they managed to spend so much money on, you know, middling players, but they, they did it. Um, you know, but they wish they could take back the amount of money they gave, you know, Clayton Keller right now. But sure. Um, yeah. Seven million bucks. For yeah. Clayton. But again, OEL is a guy who's still very serviceable. I think he is still a top pairing D man. I guess. So, you know, how often do you get those guys that come around? And especially, I mean, yeah, he's got seven million or seven years left at 8.25 million bucks. And, you know, that's going to be difficult to squeeze into a lot of teams that are tied up against the cap, and most competitive teams are. But um, I think he's whittled down his short list, or at least there's two names that I feel like were mentioned that are not on his, according to, you know, Pierre Maguire. Apparently there's, um, not Pierre Maguire, but um, Darren Dreger. There are okay. two teams that aren't on his no, no trade list, his 10-team list, and that was Vancouver and Boston right now. There was the teams that are interested in him. And I think both those teams, he would be a fantastic fit. Now, actually, I, I look I really at hope Vancouver. It's not Boston. No, I don't think it will be. I, <laughs> I honestly think it's going to be Vancouver because you kind of have that Swedish connection there, you know, with Pedersen, uh, you oh, know, you Alex OEL Edler. And Quinn Hughes back there. Yeah. Holy mackerel. And not only that, you could, you could split those guys up. So now OEL doesn't have to play 30 minutes a game. You can say, okay, great. We're going to put you on the second or the first pairing. We're going to move Quinn Hughes to our second pairing just so he can. You know, yeah. get away from those top, you know, forwards on the other teams, and uh, you know, put them on that top power play. The two of those guys, and let it rip. Okay, so All right. that would be fun. Um, another guy who I think could get moved at the draft, um, 
would be a Patrick Liney, just because I want to see him get moved at the draft. <laughs> Maybe not so much that he will, but I want him to get moved. Okay. Uh, yeah, Patrick Liney certainly is a guy who is going to garner a ton of interest. I'm sure that I feel like every year Montreal's kind of in on some of these. Like they've been trying to pull in a more of a superstar player, and and uh, after going after. Uh, Aho last year with right. the offer sheet, you could see them them doing something like that again. I, you know, someone that I'm I'm wondering if the Anaheim Ducks are going to attempt to trade Ryan Getzlaff, who is a UFA. I it wouldn't nec- it wouldn't really be for for money's sake, but could you could you get some nice assets for a Ryan Getzlaff right now? Yeah, I, like, I think there's plenty of competitive teams out there. That would say we would love to have this guy be our number two center, right? You look at a team like Winnipeg; they would kill to have Ryan Getzlaff play. Would you give up center. a first round? Like, just hey, give us your first round pick. We'll give you Ryan Getzlaff. No, maybe a bottom like number twenty nine overall pick, maybe. But you know, I'm probably going to give you a second round pick and maybe a, a B level prospect at this. The, point. the other side of it is that he also he's his cap hits eight point two five, but he's only making six. So you know maybe he's uh, he's somebody who can go into one of those situations where they need more cap, right? <laughs> cap uh, cap help there. Uh, possibly the Florida Panthers traded the Florida Panthers. Maybe and they the could Pan- use the, the Panthers. Line have I mean they've got twenty one million in cap space. They have basically their entire center position has been pitted. And what a great move that would be to bring in a guy like Getzlaff and kind of probably anchor that. that they could use some leadership too, more than anything. I feel like, you know, don't get me wrong, Barkoff and Huberto have been great veteran. I don't want to call them veterans at this point because they're only, what, 26, sure. 25. But uh, but I think they could use a veteran like Getzlaff who has the experience, who won a cup. That type of leadership on that team would be invaluable, let alone the cap space, you know, right. on its own. But um, another team that I, I'm interested to watch, you know, with this draft, and especially because there's such a tight window, I think they've got to move quick is the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, they've got some cap issues that they've got to deal with. Obviously, we know uh, Anthony Sorelli's an RFA. Sergachev is an RFA, who I think Sergachev is going to be a guy. Sergachev just got himself paid. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> he, he he showed up. There's in no the way he's going to make more than Hedman. No, I mean, I, I, I think Seven? he's going to be. Well, I think Sergachev will probably get around six, six and a half million bucks, right? Um, but regardless, I think there's other teams out there that are going to be willing to try to offer sheet this guy that might yeah. say, let's give him seven and a half, eight million bucks because we know Tampa can't afford that at this point. And so what I've been hearing also a little bit of smoke about, you know, Tampa's going to have to move somebody. You know, obviously guys like, you know, Tyler Johnson, Yanni Gord, you know, been on the block, but they've got no trade clauses, full no trade clauses. So they might not even go anywhere. They might say, no, screw you. We're staying. Um, so I keep hearing rumors of a guy completely off the board that we would not expect. And to Great me, the first point. name is Steven Stamkos. That comes to mind. Steven Stamkos you also just proved has a, he has a new, a new mo, uh, no move clause. He does, but that doesn't mean he can't be traded. True. So no movement is just basically I just can't go to the minors. Okay. Uh, right. No trade. From what I understand. Now, if I'm, if okay. I'm wrong, somebody okay. please correct me. But Tampa just went out and proved they can win the cup without Stamkos. Right? I mean... We've got hey, Braden Point. Yeah. We've got Kucherov putting up wild numbers in the playoffs. We don't need a number one center by the name of Steven Stankos eating eight and a half million bucks. So if you're a team that's been dying for a number one center, like a Detroit who's got plenty of cap space, wow. boom, 
Wow. There what, you go. What if, the, like, see, the way, though, that these guys were talking about Stamkos after they won the cup was, like, he did play with them. Even well, though yeah. he played, like, a shift. <laughs> he happened to score on it. The greatest shift ever in Stanley Cup Finals history. But, Kucherov was uh, like, it was the best two minutes anyone's right. ever played or something like that. Yeah, exactly. That's what I, yeah, that's what they were all saying. Now, I, I get it. His leadership is so valuable to that team. I mean, he is, because he was there from the beginning when they were terrible. He came in at number one and like the, the rebuild started with him and they eventually got to where they are today. You know, he's played through, you know, so many bad lightning teams and now he's, you know, oh been my a part gosh. of success. If, if Stamkos somehow got dealt, I... I don't see. I just don't see it happening. It's it. That is a fascinating. Yeah, it idea. would just be fun for me to watch that happen. I would you think that Alex Kalorn's probably the guy that is like, all right, he only has three years left, four point four. It's a movable contract. He is thirty one. He does play in such a way where you're thinking probably towards the end of that deal, he's not going to be as good. Uh, he, I think he can submit like a sixteen team. Yeah, no trade list. So you've got some options with him free up that 4.4 and you know you can probably do what you need to do with uh with Sergachev. Yeah, but let me let me throw this cuz just the Detroit thing. If you got offered Robbie Fabry next year's first round pick, a second this year and a second next year, would you would you take that for Stamkos? Oh, man. You just won the cup. Do whatever the frick you want. That's true. <laughs> like I mean yeah, you want to. You're probably though looking at this going like, we won the cup. We didn't even have our like our top center right playing for us. What happens if he's healthy? Like, do we could run the table again? And so with that that in mind, I think they'll they'll look to do something else. And, and to me, that's it's got to be Tyler Johnson. Like Tyler Johnson, they'll they'll figure out a way. Like, hey, we like we got to move you. We're sorry. Yeah, I think guys like that at this point, you won your cup, right? You maybe. got your cup, so yeah. you know maybe he'd be willing to move, but maybe not. Maybe he goes, no, I signed this. I I I have this it included. Here, right? Yeah, I'm no not going. No state taxes. Like I don't, I don't care. Wanna, yeah, yeah, I don't care. Uh, so that that'll be that. That is you're you're right. Tampa Bay kind of sneaking in there as a a team that really quickly has to turn around. What like within five what what seven a week of winning the Stanley Cup. You maybe have to trade one of those guys that helped you win the cup. Right. What a what a downer that's gonna be for that guy. Jeez. Thanks for all, but get out. Hey, nice boat parade. Bye. <laughs> yeah, there you know, I th- I think looking at next year's list of of UFAs, I think that there's a possibility that uh, you know, some of those players maybe are on some teams' radars to to move, like a Brendan Saad. He hasn't really. He didn't really pan out too well in Chicago. Maybe you you don't want to sell super low on him, but uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins are talking about re-signing him to an extension. I don't think he's going anywhere. But Derek Stepan, he's a UFA after this year. Arizona's trying to get rid of salary, and he's definitely not worth the six and a half. But maybe you can you know hang on to two of that. And, well, now you're and hearing Darcy Kemper's name thrown out there too because there's a goaltender everybody would love to have. Sure. Four and a half million bucks. Yeah. It's easy to fit that in somewhere. Absolutely. I, I mean, and and even more so, Tuka Rask in Boston. You know, we talk about this crazy goaltending. What if, I mean, Tuka Rask, did he burn the bridge by leaving within the bubble? And it was within his rights to do so, but it's also within Boston's rights to deal him if they want to. Uh, he does have a... Uh, a modified no trade so he, he could 
he can uh, stop he can, a, a list of eight teams he can be traded to. Yeah, the other or sorry, fifteen teams he can be traded okay. to now. Yeah. Now now it's increased as the the seasons go along. Right. The other team I would keep an eye on for uh, keep an eye on is Carolina. Right. They've got a boatload of defensemen. They're sitting at number thirteen. I think this is always what we say every right, year: boatload of defensemen. But I they're going to make a move, and they again, never do. They have to now. They have to. They it, just the way these playoffs went, and they just fell short last year again too. I think now you have to make the move to get over the top. You have to bring in, I think, a little bit of scoring. Like we've heard Patrick Liney's name thrown around there, but I think they've got D men to to throw out there. And that number 13 pick, you can move down a few spots, acquire a few assets, and maybe, you know, get an extra third or second round pick to throw in a trade to bring in, you know, a score there. There you go. Uh, I think the the real ultimate question, and, and today's show is, is, is a little quick, but uh, final thing. Who wins the Stanley Cup next year? But that question easily answered. Where does Patrick Maroon sign? <laughs> there you go. That's, that's yeah. all we need to know. I mean, everything else is moot. Right. Wherever Where will signs. Patrick Maroon sign? I mean, does he re-sign with Tampa Bay? He, could, I mean, he, he could take another. I, I feel like he's got, there's something about him right now. Someone's going to give him two and a half just to go, like, bring this guy in. There's something about him. Yeah, he's he's a good luck charm for sure. He's a locker room guy. Then Why teams not? love those. So I wonder if St. Louis would bring him back. They would. But I don't think they have the cap space to do it, but. Yeah, yeah. If 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 he can get that that few extra million, he's going to Colorado. They're winning the cup. The draft is uh, is upon us in in just a few days. We uh, we will be watching together. So we're we're figuring out how you know what we're gonna do during that draft. Whether it just be lots of Twitter, Instagram things, or uh, uh, there is the idea of tossing out a live show during the draft. But oh boy. I don't think anyone would listen to it. So. We'll, uh, you know, we'll do something. There'll, there'll be things during the draft. You can follow us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk and on Instagram at OT Hockey Talk, and uh, and we'll we'll use those during the draft. Interact with us. Let us know what you think, and uh, we will talk to you at the draft.